In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Dear Christians, and this evening, the church celebrates the feast of St. Mary, the mother of our Lord. There's a lot that we could say about Mary. And yet then, our focus would not be upon why it was that she was so blessed. The fact that she gave birth to a son the Savior of the entire world. That's why Mary is blessed. That's why we celebrate tonight. She is the mother of God, and in her, the fullness of time finds its completion. You see, time keeps on marching on, and it has ever since the very beginning. You know, when Adam and Eve were in the garden and brought sin into the world by closing their ears to the word of God. God had said, you may not eat from this tree. And so right away, they did. They came up with a better word. They listened to another voice. Sin entered the world, it came to all people. You've inherited it. I've inherited it. All people sin. And the result of sin is that all people die. And no one is exempt from this punishment. It is the curse that God gave to man as a result of disobedience. That's how time began or at least what happened in its very first days. Sin and death. But right away, when sin entered the world, God also made a promise. A promise of rescue, a promise of peace, a promise of life, a promise that would overcome death. God said, the seed of the woman, the offspring of the woman, Eve, would crush the serpent's head even as his heel was pierced. As soon as sin entered the world, God started pointing people to Jesus. As soon as death was conferred upon Adam and Eve, God started pointing to the life of the world. God gives the promise of Jesus, who by the cross would destroy sin, death, and the power of the devil, would open all graves and raise all people out of them, even as nails pierced his hands and feet. God promises Jesus right away when sin comes about. 
God promises Jesus, and as a sign of that promise, God increased the pain of childbirth. For it is the offspring of the woman that the Savior would be born. And so it is that suffering would preclude the birth of the Savior. Childbirth would be difficult as we looked ahead to our Savior. The promise of God, the promise of Jesus, was passed on from generation to generation. When the family of Adam and Eve had their children, the promise passed on to them. Adam, Seth, Enosh, the list goes on and on, marching through the Old Testament. Each generation passing the promise of a Savior on to the next. Those born of childbirth, hearing the word, the seed of the woman will crush the serpent. The promise goes on to Noah who is kept alive in the ark, even though there's a worldwide flood that destroys everyone else, he's kept alive to keep the promise of Jesus alive. Time marches on, generations pass on, Shem inherits the promise and passes it on through his descendants till it comes to Abraham. Abraham receives the sign of circumcision, another painful suffering that points us to the birth of a Savior. Jesus will be born of these people who are circumcised the way that Abraham was. Isaac, Jacob, Judah, Time marches on, the generations pass. They enter into Egypt. Moses leads them out, and still the promise is passed on. Then to David and his children. Generation after generation, dying because of sin, and yet hoping in God's word. Hoping. God will do what he has promised. Generation after generation of patriarchs who were not holy in themselves or because of the things that they did, but instead because they believed God's promise and it was counted to them as righteousness. The promise is passed on, never forgotten, even in the time of Elijah when it seems like all had fallen away. But God destroys the false prophets of Baal, and the promise is renewed. Even as they are led off into exile in Babylon, God's promise carries on throughout all the ages of time. It goes to Babylon, and then back to Israel in the time of Nehemiah. The promise is kept alive as Israel is conquered by Greeks and then set free and then conquered by Romans 
and the people are kept in submission, the promise passed on. Thousands of years, people believing God's word. Thousands of people, hundreds of generations. And the promise is the same throughout it all. But all promises need fulfilling. At least that's how Paul sees it in the book of Galatians that we heard earlier. And when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, the Virgin Mary, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons, so that we might be saved. And so the blessed Virgin Mary gives birth to her firstborn, a son. She wraps him in swaddling clothes and lays him in a manger. The angels sing, the shepherds come, the wise men worship. God and man together in one person, Jesus the Christ, the fulfillment of what was promised to Adam and Eve, the fulfillment of the promise passed down from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Nehemiah, and all the rest. God and man in Jesus. The faith now fulfilled because of what God has come to do. And Jesus does crush Satan's weary head. He does so on the cross. All the sin that had separated us from God, Jesus places on his shoulders. A burden that was more heavy than that wooden cross. Step by step, he carried it to Golgotha. And he held it as his hands and feet were nailed into rough wood as he hung naked and alone, bleeding and dying. In the fullness of time, in the person of Jesus, your sin was killed. It is finished, Jesus says. Death no longer is the end. The grave is not your final resting place, just like it was not Jesus' final resting place. He is risen, and you will rise also. In the fullness of time, all sin is erased, and you are forgiven. And all of those Old Testament saints who looked forward to the fulfillment of time in Jesus receive their great reward. 
All those who trusted in struggle, in hunger, in toil, in exile, receive their promise of peace and comfort and joy forever and ever without end. Those who suffered in childbirth looking forward to the Lord now see it fulfilled. Those who bore the mark of circumcision now have peace. And now, the same is true for you, dear Christians. After the fullness of time on that Friday we call good, the same promise is now passed on to you, the members of the church. Countless generations before you have looked backward to Jesus crucified and risen. Countless generations have looked backwards to Jesus and received the gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation in the word and in the sacrament and been sustained in the faith by the same promise of those who came before. In Jesus, born of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who suffered, bled, and died under Pontius Pilate, who rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. In that name, countless people have received forgiveness of sins and the promise of resurrection on the last day. And God promises the same thing to all of you here gathered, to all listening on the radio, and to all through the work of the Holy Spirit, believe our Lord's word. Will you believe that promise? Will you listen to God's continuous call? Will you look back to the fullness of time when Mary, meek and mild, became blessed, blessed to be the mother of God, blessed to witness the crucifixion, blessed to witness the resurrection, blessed just like you are blessed. Will you believe the word of God? For that promise is there for you as well. Will your baptism bear fruit? Will you eat the body and blood and receive forgiveness of sins? Or will you, like Adam and Eve in the very beginning, forsake the word of the Lord? For joy of popularity, money, power. Will you ignore the word because it's illogical? Will the world claim you? Or will you stand on the shoulders of all those faithful who come before you?
You do not belong to this world. You belong to God. You are a part of the history of the scripture because you have the same faith of all those famous saints and patriarchs of old. A faith whose content is Christ. His work has been done for you just as much as it was done for Abraham or David or Noah or even for Adam. His work was done for you. And so his forgiveness covers you in the same way that it covers Jeremiah or Isaac or Josiah or Samuel. His work has been done for you. And so when he baptizes you, it really, truly adopts you into God's family and keeps you safe the way that Noah was kept safe on the ark. You are fed with the food of heaven and eat and believe. Jesus' work has been done for you. You belong to him. And now we await not the fullness of time, but the completion of time. When God's promise will no longer be yes, but not yet, but instead will be completely revealed. When Christ will take us to live with him in his kingdom forever, even if we lay under the ground, he will call us forth. Arise, awake, come inherit the promised land prepared for you from the foundation of the world. God will take you out of this veil of tears to an eternal rest. That's what will happen in the completion of time. Because at the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of Mary. Because of that child, you have been adopted. You're no longer a slave to sin and death, but instead an heir of God, ready to receive all that he gives to you through his great love and tender mercy. You belong to God. You've been clothed in his righteousness. And you will inherit eternity in his name. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.